please have your attention. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. It's time for the Sports Blast. Chica, Chica. Ashish Sharma. All you have here is a solid foundation of young talent. All you have to go out and do you know, is get the big ball. Everyone in this room is now dumber. May God have mercy on your soul. I am going to smack you so hard. Pain in the ass. I will smack it's your face happen. off of your face. Ryan Roach. You can get on base, you can walk, you can hit, and you can steal back. That's the key. They missed that element last year in the leadoff position. Sports. Dave Pollard. is facing more outrageous scoring chances. In a weird way, the defense sucking as much as it has. He's becoming more adept at making bigger saves. He's absolutely right. And Mark Lazelle. You have a great coach of Brad Stevens. You want him to stick around. You want him to have confidence in this team. Here's the key part. You start winning games that matter. Down the stretch, you have to win these games. There are playoff implications on the line. The Sports Blast. What the hell are you doing? Only on ESPN New Hampshire. This is awesome. This is awesome. Oh, no, 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 What's happening, people? It's Mark over with the Sports Class. Alongside of me is David Pollard, Brian Roach doing the ones and twos. Ashish is out today. He has a family obligation. The Sharma family is a very family-oriented family, guys. Yeah, they all, you know, they all seem to hang out, get along with each other. It's very different from uh, my standard, you know, family parties, family gatherings, you know. We all love each other. We get together. We generally fight each other. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> we argue out of love with one another. It seems like the Sharmas, uh, you know, they're, they're a tight-knit group. Yes. Definitely the Sharmas. So uh, I know Ashish is enjoying himself what he is. with whatever he's doing. Yeah, he he's definitely doing whatever, um, you know, with his family. Uh, he just actually came back from San Francisco. Yeah, he's he's having a good uh, couple months here, I feel yeah. like. He's going to California. Enjoying some warm weather uh, while we're here in the Northeast. The weather hasn't been bad, but, you know, it's still winter in the Northeast. You don't want to be here if you can be in California. Right. And I'm actually in his seat right now, keeping the seat warm for him mm-hmm. until he comes back next week. So Nice and toasty. Guys, we have a real good show. Um, you know, to kick it off, you know, we, we got the Pats and the Rams. You know, Gronkowski's out for a little while. Um, then we got, we're got. we going to talk about the Bruins. We're going to talk about the Celtics and their struggles recently. Doing it and, all. And then the MLB, you know, the CBA, the new CBA is in place. And while they were prices, you know, singing Melikaliki Maka in Hawaii, um, <laughs> we're actually going to be talking about the new CBA in place. So let's kick it off, guys. Gronkowski out for at least eight weeks after going undergoing back surgery in L.A. yesterday. Um, the Patriots have not yet placed him on IR um, just because there may be um, a stance where he could come back um, in, in the playoffs. Uh, Gronkowski was reportedly suffered a uh, ruptured disc against the Seattle Seahawks on November 13th, according to Vic Carucci of the Buffalo News. Um, Gronkowski re-aggravated that injury in Week 13 against the New York Jets. He played seven snaps and received two targets before leaving the game. And of course, like last year, the Patriots put out a joint statement with the Gronkowski family. So what in the world does this mean for the New England Patriots? Well, it's not good, obviously. They are um, they're, they're far less 
efficient on offense without Rob Gronkowski. You lose the blocking that he provides. You obviously lose the freakish ability to make outrageous catches. He's maybe the most uncoverable weapon in the NFL. So there's no way that you can say this doesn't hurt their chances of ultimately winning a Super Bowl, which, of course, is the barometer that we measure for success for this team. It's Super Bowl or bust every single year. It hurts their chances, but there is still the possibility that they can win a Super Bowl without Rob Gronkowski. I don't take that away from them. They still have Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. The, the one thing I, I think is um, positive to look at is that I think the Patriots – uh, made it made an effort to make themselves better just in case Rob Gronkowski got hurt and I think they're better suited right now to make up for that loss unlike previous years sure with yeah. Martellus Bennett uh, uh, now Malcolm Mitchell uh, making a name for himself so uh, I, I think it, it's going to be tough to win a Super Bowl but it's possible yeah, I, I, there's been there's been a lot of overreaction, I feel like, the last few days from people in New England, whether it's sports talk personalities, whether it's fans. A lot of people uh, saw this injury, said eight weeks, Gronk's not going to play again this season. That's it. Patriots are done. No shot. They win a Super Bowl. I just look at the teams around the league, and I still think that, uh, you know, if you go down the list of potential playoff teams in the NFL – there's not a single team you can really point at and say, no shot, the Patriots can beat that team. They have a chance still against any team on any given Sunday with the roster as currently constituted. And I still think that the bigger area for concern on this team is the defense. And I think you're absolutely right, Brian, that if this were years past, they would be hosed right now on offense. But they do have Martellus Bennett. Right, as long as he stays healthy because they don't have anyone behind him. Right, and he's dealing with, you know, uh, as it could be a, an ankle injury. It could be a shoulder injury. He was listed as questionable this week for the game against the Rams with, a, with an ankle slash shoulder. So there's stuff that's hindering Martellus Bennett, but he seems reliable. He seems durable. He gets out on the field, and I think he performs well whenever Gronk isn't there. We saw him without Brady or Gronk the first four weeks go off with Garoppolo and Brissett. And that uh, that game where Gronk wasn't on the field uh, when Brady returned and Gronk wasn't out there, uh, he, three touchdown passes. Yeah. And, and guys, I, I don't think it matters, to be honest with you, with Rob Gronkowski being out. I think the production can come from Martellus Bennett. I think they do miss A.J. Derby. Uh, I think A.J. Derby would have been a really good uh, reserve to come off the bench and solidify some playing time for Gronkowski, so I think that is a loss. I didn't think Belichick saw it coming, but if you think about it, you have Rob Gronkowski, who has not stayed healthy for a good while. you got an aging tight end in Martellus Bennett. You know, he's got a little bit of leeway um, in regards to his talent-wise, so I think Belichick really kind of uh, didn't strike gold on that because um, I think A.J. Derby would have played pretty good for Tom Brady within this offense, but with that being said, is this really the end of uh, Rob Gronkowski? Because I don't think it's the beginning of the end. I don't know. I, I really, I couldn't tell you. The the guy is, he's our age. He's 27. Right. He's had three surgeries on his back. And even if he's capable of coming back and playing, and I know the guy loves football, and he's he's going to be one of those guys who's just a freak that wants to get back out there on the field and play the game that he loves to play, but... At a certain point, three back surgeries in now, 
you have to consider your own personal health and what it's going to be like for you to live after football. And, you know, if if Gronk and the doctors all get together and the doctors sort of say, look, you're, you're nuts if you go back out there and try to play again. If you hurt your back one more time like this, you might not be walking after be you're par- done with football. He could, yeah. be, he could be in a wheelchair well, that's not walking if he hurts his back one more time. Well, that's why he got the surgery, because he could have not got the surgery, but there was a potential for nerve damage in the, the doctors told him to get the surgery. Sure. So he could have rested and been able to play later in the season. Right, but, but, there then, was a but then who knows? That's right. the thing. Because this, uh, we saw the play that he re-aggravated the back uh, against the Jets. It was, that, it was that first toss from Tom Brady, which let's just talk about that for one second because I don't know why. With, with Rob Gronkowski coming off of a punctured lung injury, you end up uh, running a play that has him sprinting down the field 50 yards yep. after he just suffered a lung injury. And then he landed on his back. And then he lands on his back, and, uh, and apparently something we didn't know after the Seattle game when he sustained that hit by Earl Thomas. I mean, the guy got trucked. I think everybody who saw that hit couldn't believe that Gronk even got up and kept playing. Uh, and, he, and he did. He finished that game. He ends up taking the uh, San Francisco game off. And he re-aggravates that injury on a, a standard go route, basically. Against the Jets, Just yeah. falling down was enough to re-aggravate that injury. So I don't know if the Patriots uh, took care of Gronk in this scenario. We've had that sort of issue in the past come up when it comes to Rob Gronkowski and his relationship with the team, where he's sort of been rushed back out onto the field and... And maybe it was too soon. You know, and when you look at the uh, Patriots were 8-2 and two going into the game against uh, the New York Jets. They didn't have to put Rob Gronkowski in if, if they thought that they could manage it. But at the same time, when he, when he re-aggravates the back on a play where he just falls down, you have to think that it doesn't matter when they brought him back in. He was a ticking time bomb it was going to happen on some play who knows if it was another bone crunching hit what that would have meant in terms of uh you know the the degree to which he injures his back obviously he's getting surgery for a herniated disc yep. the injury was substantial it was substantial enough where they probably should have not played him against the new york jets i don't know if if uh, the patriots had any idea that this was going to be something that uh, could could re-aggravate something in his back when they brought him back against the New York Jets. There's some sort of time lapse there uh, where we've uh, we don't have information as to whether or not the Patriots knew about the, about the this, back injury, the right, back yeah. part of the injury What's that this, he sustained his against Earl or Thomas. Fifth back surgery. It's too? his third back surgery since he's been in the league. Since he, ha- he ha- well, he's yeah, had I, like I'm nine. talking overall. He's also had he had some in college, and I yeah. don't know overall. All, it, all it, I think he's had nine his, surgeries. Yes, but not Total. all back surgeries. No, right, no, his right. back arm, you know, his leg as well. But uh, his father actually in in college took out an insurance policy on him because of his back. Yeah. And guys, I mean, it's ridiculous. I don't, I don't think it was right to put him in against a division, division opponent, because when you play division opponents, they they come out with a little more sense of urgency, and they they want to attack you, okay? And when you have Rob Gronkowski, a specimen like no other that is on the New England Patriots, kind of treated like Bo Jackson. He really is a guy that can do it all, okay? 
But when it comes to him playing in the game against the Jets, it's a physical defense. And you got to realize that maybe you're putting Robert Gronkowski at risk if you're going to put him out there. If you put him out there against the San Francisco 49ers, it's not really a risk. You put him out against the uh, the Jets with that front seven, it is a bona fide risk. Sure, and he's uh, they're almost lucky that he ended up taking himself out of the game because I do believe that's what happened. I think he fell down on that play, went to the sidelines. He actually ended up taking, what, seven more snaps in that game against and the Jets? He got another target, too. And, right? and at one point, uh, I, I think Gronk must have been like, I can't. I can't do this. Like I cannot do this. There's something wrong with my back. I got to get off the field. He's lucky that he didn't actually take another big hit and and that it just turned out to be that he fell down on that go route and that's how he re-aggravated it because I I, I really do believe if he took another big hit against the Jets there, I don't know what we're looking at in terms of you know the length of this injury right now it's reported as he'll be out for eight weeks it leaves the potential for him to return if they make it to the Super Bowl but even that seems sort of out of reach when you consider the fact that he's had again three surgeries on his back well Bill Belichick at his press conference yesterday left it to question as if he will come back did you, and did you hear him rip on Matt Reese did you did you hear that yeah, yeah I heard a little <laughs> bit of it my uh Mike Reese was was asking him a question about Gronk and he was like going through the 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 press release the joint mm-hmm. press release and Bill Bell was like Mike if you read further if you read further there there's more information to come just keep reading the press release. <laughs> sure, there's always more information to come. I mean, the the thing is that after the Seattle game, there wasn't in, enough information that came out about the the what the injury actually was. We all thought it was a punctured lung and that there wasn't anything wrong with the back. And then uh, you know, the next week he's listed as uh uh, he's listed as out. Eventually, ultimately, he's not playing in the San Francisco game, but, but it was a chest slash back injury. And then he comes back, obviously, against the Jets. He falls down. We find out it's a herniated disc that needs to be repaired. I, I mean, the it was a more substantial injury than what the Patriots were letting anyone know. And to put him back out there against the Jets, it was just too soon. And now we know that in hindsight, but I have to wonder if the Patriots already knew that and just decided to take the risk anyway. I don't think he's back for the Super Bowl because you you now need to, if you're Rob Gronkowski, take care of yourself. Because for the you, long term. You will, ne- you will never play this game again yep. if you sustain another back injury like that. So you can't come back too soon. And if, if the Super Bowl is still something where it's, you know, he's 80%, you can't you can't put him out there and and have him risk injury like that because football isn't everything here, people. All right, the guys the guy needs to be able to have his health after he's done playing the game. So I, I'm concerned for Gronk. I don't think it's the end of his career, but you've got to watch out this season. And I and I do think that it's very possible we don't see him again this year, even if the Patriots do make it all the way to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and the Patriots are going to have to find a way to win without him. When we come back for a break, we're going to be talking about Bart Scott, former Jet. He has something to say about Kukowski. You're listening to ESPN New Hampshire. 1250 ESPN New Hampshire, celebrating 10 years as Manchester's sports station.
If a disaster ever struck your home or business, would you know who to call? Make Peniel Environmental your first choice in disaster restoration. Peniel provides comprehensive fire, water, mold, and asbestos remediation services and are family-owned and operated. They clean up and restore every square inch of damage so that it's better than new once they are finished. Plus, Peniel works with all insurance companies and provides the industry's best warranty. For a free consultation, please call 885-317-8236 or visit PenielENV.com. Outdoor Almanac, brought to you by New Hampshire Fishing Games Wildlife Journal. With firearm season here, it's time to address a couple of misconceptions. First is that if you make it back after a day in the woods of hunting, consider yourself lucky. Truth is, national surveys show more people are injured playing tennis, golf, and bowling than injured while hunting. As a matter of fact, New Hampshire has an enviable record. The second misconception is that during deer season, it's not safe to walk down the road or in the woods behind your house. Not true. Sportsmen and women know what their targets are and what's behind them before they ever raise their firearm or draw the bow. A little common sense from non-hunters will allow them to enjoy the outdoors this time of year, like the hunters do. Just don't wear clothing which is colored brown or white. Wear an article of hunter orange and walk and talk like you ordinarily would. And there's no reason why hunters and non-hunters alike can't share the woods. Outdoor Almanac is brought to you by New Hampshire Fish and Game's Wildlife Journal, the magazine for people with outside interests. Outdoor Almanac, brought to you by New Hampshire Fish and Game's Wildlife Journal. There's a proposed bill in the New Hampshire legislature which says it is recognized that outdoor recreational activities may be hazardous. The body of the bill says if you get injured, you shall not maintain an action against an owner, occupant, or leasee of a land for any injuries which result from such inherent risks, dangers, or hazards. Included, which the outdoor recreational participant assumes as a matter of law, include, but are not limited to, variations in terrain, trails, paths, or roads, bare spots, rocks, trees, stumps, and other forms of forest growth or debris, structures on the land, equipment not in use, pole lines, fences, and collisions with other objects or persons. Much of what we do outdoors is done on privately owned land. It's through the generosity of the landowner that they let us use their land. Repaying that kindness with a lawsuit is a high-speed lane to more posted land. Common sense would be nice, but HB 290 will do. Outdoor Almanac is brought to you by New Hampshire Fish and Game's Wildlife Journal, the magazine for people with outside interests. Interested in pursuing a career in radio or television? Visit NAJB.org, the online home of the New Hampshire Association of Broadcasters. Visit our online job bank at NAJB.org to view current job openings and even post your resume for potential employers. Students, visit NAJB.org to apply for the NHAB Student Broadcaster Scholarship and learn about available internships. NAJB.org, the online source of Granite State Broadcasting. Scores, standings, trades, and breaking news. This is your ESPN New Hampshire update. Al Horford and the Celtics beat the Sacramento Kings last night at TD Garden 97-92. And according to basketball reference, Horford made a bit of history becoming the first NBA player to tally at least 26 points, four three-pointers, six blocks, and two steals in a single game. So a good night for Horford. DeMarcus Cousins racked up 28 points and nine boards in the loss, but the Celtics don't need a player like that. The Green are right back at it tonight. They travel to Philly to play the 76ers. Tip-off is at 7.30. The Bruins are in Buffalo today following a 2-1 shootout victory against the Hurricanes on Thursday night. That win's significant because it was the first victory by a Bruins goalie not named Tuka Rass this year. Tuka should be the man in net today, taking on Jack Eichel and the Sabres puck drops at 1 o'clock. Patriots tight end Rob Gronkowski underwent successful back surgery to repair a herniated disc in his lower back yesterday. Nine more players listed as questionable for New England. 
Martellus Bennett, Tom Brady, Julian Edelman, Chris Hogan among them. Tavon Austin is doubtful for Los Angeles. Kickoff from Gillette Stadium tomorrow is at 1 o'clock. This Sports Center update is brought to you by Bardis Law, Merrimack's largest law firm specializing in divorce, child custody, and personal injury. Find out more at BardisLaw.com. I'm David Pollard. Don't go anywhere. The Sports Blast continues right now. Gronk's on his way out. I'm too sexy for my love. Too sexy for my love. Love's going to leave. Because of injuries? Because of injuries? And I think they're going to... They don't bat, they don't stick with you when they see you slipping. Now, what happens when you have a big man that starts having back problems? Oh yeah, this this is this absolutely the sec, this could is, be this it. This is the second yes. he's only in his seventh year. Well, he has he back has problems two, in college, right? And he has two years remaining. And guess what? They already brought in his replacement, and they can get him for cheaper. Who? Martellus Bennett? Yep. But man, I, think, bro, I think Bennett's actually bro, older than Gronk. Don't matter. Less wear and tear on the body. <laughs> Listen, we had some great players in basketball. When did you know it was over with Larry Bird when he was laying on his on a, when he go to the sideline and he put that hot pack on his back? But boy, when Gronk is is on the field, he's yeah, yeah. devastated. But how many times have we said that? He's only been in the league seven years. We talked about Gronk. I don't even out. think he's been in the league seven years. Yes, he has seven years. This is his seventh season. Seven season. Wow. So That's a quick we talk seven about years. knee injuries, back injuries, elbow brace forever. Like, they, listen, man. You think Bill Belichick gonna stick with you? Negative. He's not in the foxhole with you. Six zero three eight eight three nine nine zero zero is the call-in number. Loving Mitsubishi text line eight four five eight two seven twelve fifty. Listen to Sports Blast here on ESPN New Hampshire Radio, guys. That was uh, Bart Scott on the DA show earlier this week on CBS Sports Radio, and um, he thinks Gronk's time in New England is coming to an end. Less wear and tear on the body. <laughs> yeah, the body. And um, I guess he can't wait, right, Brian? Can't wait about, you know. Go ahead. <laughs> can't, wait, can't wait to hear about it. Can't wait to hear about it. <laughs> See you in Pittsburgh. Wait. Can't wait. Yeah, so, I mean, he just can't wait for Rob Gronkowski's career to be ended. For some reason, some way, he just falls in love with Martellus Bennett. Um, there's a reason for it. He has a lot of reasons for it. And, um, you know, I, I guess my question to you guys is just how, how, do, you, how do you honestly replace this guy? Um, I, I know there's other players on this roster. It's not just Rob Gronkowski. Julian Edelman's on there. Chris Hogan. You know, you got Malcolm Mitchell, Deion Lewis. How do they utilize these guys to make up the loss for Rob Gronkowski? Well, you don't. Uh, you, you can't replace the guy. You can't replace his blocking. You can't replace his pass-catching ability. You can't replace his production. You can't replace the fact that, you know, a, a smart defense might want to double-team him, leaving other players open for Tom Brady to hit because he's a quarterback that can go to his second, third, fourth read. And if Gronk isn't on the field, this offense will struggle more. He's maybe the greatest tight end to ever play the game. You don't replace that. You just have to deal with that. Yeah. And, and that's all there is to it. The offense is worse without Rob Gronkowski. And it's substantially worse without Rob Gronkowski. Yeah. Concerning to me because I didn't, I didn't trust the defense already. So now you're talking about a, a team that might not be able to win in a shootout. And you're the defense won you the game, though, against the Jets. 
Yeah, the Jets suck. <laughs> the Jets are horrendous. Offensively, uh, defensively, they're so they're so so. But uh, I mean, they still made Ryan Fitzpatrick look good. Well, they yeah. still made him look like a he quarterback a that that knew what he was doing. Yeah, he had a 115 uh, quarterback rating. Yeah, this is a guy that we were calling Picks Patrick earlier in the season, and this this defense again. Two straight games, you go up against teams that are just turnover happy. The San Francisco 49ers turn the ball over on a consistent basis. You had Colin Kaepernick out there. The, the, the 49ers put the ball on the ground five times. No fumble recoveries. They fumbled the ball five times, but none of them were recovered by the Patriots' defense. This defense cannot create turnovers. They allow too much space for receivers so that they're making pedestrian quarterbacks look like elite quarterbacks that can hit the open guy because any quarterback in this league can hit someone who's wide open if you want to back off as much as this Patriots defense has been doing all hey, year. At least they weren't rushing two this week. You know, rushing uh, rushing two and then having nine drop back and still leaving people open. And, and kind of like Rob Gronkowski's back, this defense is a bend-don't-break defense. Um, and, and Barely. W- barely. <laughs> and when you look at it, though, don't, don't you think that Matt Patricia's job should be a little bit at stake, just the way that they've been performing? I, I think the roster, the way it's set up, it's not to be successful. I, I think they went out and did a decent job to get Chris Long, and they have a, a decent amount of young guys like Jabal shared, um, and they, they just can't really put two pieces to the puzzle, well, and, and that's the problem. I don't know if I blame Patricia because I, I, the roster, I, to me, it's, it's not constructed to have success on the defensive side of the football. You're talking about a team that last year, this time last year, had Chandler Jones and Jamie Collins on this roster, along with Hightower and Butler. And, and that was a defense that could actually get to the quarterback, right. you know, and, and rush the quarterback, which in turn makes your secondary more able to cover receivers because the quarterback has less time to hit a wide-open guy when receivers have uh, less time to get open for their quarterbacks. This defense has been torn apart by Bill Belichick, and I don't know if you can look at Matt Patricia and say, hey, what, what's the deal here? What are you coaching these guys up uh, up to do? Because Bill Belichick's in charge of everything. So if you want to blame Patricia for the way that the defense has performed or the scheme, you got to look at Belichick directly and say, he. I think he understands that he doesn't have the talent on this roster to be able to rush the quarterback. Yep. And I think that he even understands that the secondary isn't talented enough to play man defense. So instead what you have is two or three guys rushing the quarterback and the in the secondary and zone, you have everyone practically dropping back trying to prevent the big play from happening. But what that means is you're giving up short yardage plays, allowing teams to move down the field. Your offense is on the field for less time than they should be. And you're getting lucky because you haven't faced a good opponent. The one good quarterback that this team has faced all year was Russell Wilson, and they managed to put up the Seahawks did 31 points on this team. Now, against a worse team, maybe the Patriots win that game 24-21, to but against a good team like Seattle with a good quarterback who knows how to throw the football, yep. who will find the open guy and hit tight windows when necessary and can actually punch it in when they reach the red zone, guess what? This team will fail on defense. One team so far this year the Patriots have played that should have had some success because they have a talented quarterback in Russell Wilson. They put up 31 points on this defense. So I'm concerned when this Patriots team and this defense goes up against real opponents. They haven't played many this year. So I I don't know what it's going to be like when you reach the playoffs. We've got a decent test coming up in Baltimore. you got a decent test coming up in Denver. 
yep. in a couple of weeks as well. So there's still a few good tests. Even Miami, who's on fire right now. You've got a few good tests that will allow you to look at the Patriots on offense and on defense, and it, it should tell the story of where they are heading into the postseason but I don't trust this team on defense to be able to stop a talented quarterback and any offense that that's relatively high-powered. You're talking Oakland? I don't, I don't know if they can stop that Oakland offense. They're on fire this year. We played Pittsburgh with Landry Jones as QB. So if you face Pittsburgh with Ben Roethlisberger in the postseason, that's going to be a different story. If they make it. If they make it, of course. Baltimore could make it as well. You know, it's going to be one of those two teams coming out of that division. And, and, and Baltimore, I think, is scarier because of their defense. Baltimore has a much better defense than Pittsburgh. So if Baltimore on defense with Jim Harbaugh as the coach, a guy who's used to coaching against the Patriots and is one of the better coaches in the league. Joe. Joe Harbaugh. What did I say? You said Jim. Oh, really? It's, okay. It's actually John. It's, it's oh, John. John. That's I, what I meant. Which I thought I said. Yeah. Uh, no, you said Jim. Okay, so, Jim. so John Harbaugh, <laughs> either way, one of the better coaches in the league and a smart quarterback in Joe Flacco who will hit his throws and will make smart plays when they get down to the red zone. If you have a defense that's going to stop this offense, uh, this Patriots offense minus Rob Gronkowski and hold you to maybe 21 points or less, they have a chance to beat you because – Joe Flacco and John Harbaugh are going to be able to scheme enough on offense to be able to take advantage of your bend-don't-break defense. I have some breaking news, just so you know. All right. Is uh, it literally breaking? Yes. Do we have, like, some music we no, can play? No, unfortunately I don't. But Field Yates um, has reported, according to a source, Patriots defensive tackle Allen Branch has won his four-game suspension appeal. He won? He won. He won it. Wow. No suspension now for Branch. He plays on. Wow, that, that how did he pull that off? <laughs> I have no idea. Well, I, I guess it's uh, you know sub, uh, addition by subtraction. So um, you know, I, I guess it kind of helps out with um, that defense. But going back to it, Dave, I, I agree with you. I think that there's not a lot of competition out there for the AFC, so it's hard to really test the Patriots. Um, really put them in a vulnerable position, we have not seen it. Um, just because of the opponents that they're facing, it's really, like Brian always likes to say, a cakewalk because that's how it is. And when you play against the NFC West, you know, you look at it, you only got the Seattle Seahawks that are really giving you a true test. We know mm -hmm. what the Cardinals are. We saw what they were made of early in the year, and they sucked. Um, the 49ers, the Rams aren't going to give the Patriots any kind of, um, you know, competition tomorrow in Gillette. Mm -hmm. So don't eat. I mean, it, it's going to have to be um, a lot of, um, I guess, coaching togetherness. Because when you look at it, Belichick, Matt Patricia, Josh McDaniels, they have been a three-headed monster for a while. Okay. But they have not really faced this kind of adversity where they don't have as many options that they used to. They got rid of Jamie Collins. They got rid of Chandler Jones, as you were saying. So you look at the bigger picture. You kind of see what fits this offense without Rob Gronkowski. And I'm telling you right now, Deion Lewis, he had 90-plus yards, all-purpose yards, okay, in four out of the last seven games that he played last season, okay? So you look at it. And you say, maybe you have to utilize Deion Lewis as an all-purpose kind of guy. Totally. And, and that's not an all-purpose back. It's receiving. It's punt returning. You test his limits, okay? Because you got to go all in. Without Rob Gunkowski, Deion Lewis is going to have to be the playmaker and the X factor down the stretch along with Malcolm Mitchell. 
Uh, well, and I think Julian Edelman too has got to step up well, that's his a game given. a little bit, yeah. you know, because well, and now Edelman's the guy who's going to draw the most coverage. He's going to draw the the cornerback on the opposing team that uh, you know that is the number one cornerback for any given team. Now it's it's going to be that guy's on Julian Edelman. So uh, you know, in- I don't think so. I mean, because Edelman comes out of the slot a lot, and usually the number ones don't go in there. Uh, yeah, but against a guy like Edelman, against an offense like Brady, we've seen it before. Patrick yep. Peterson Shut uh, down. Had covered uh, Edelman in the, well, in yeah, the first game of the year. Peterson does that. Well, uh, well uh, okay, but that's my point. You, you, you're going to put the shutdown guy on the on the biggest threat against the Patriots, which right now for the offense as a receiver is Julian Edelman. I, I think you, it depends on what team you play, like Darrell Rivas. He wasn't on Edelman. Darrell Rivas is slow now. I don't know. I don't even know if he's their best cornerback. Well, and who was Darrell Rivas even covering? Uh, Malcolm this Mitchell. I didn't even notice Darrell Rivas. They didn't look at him till the fourth quarter, and and when they did finally look Rivas's way, they torched him mm-hmm. twice. Right. And, and uh, Dave, I, I think a lot of teams are catching on to the Patriots. Uh, I like a lot of the schemes. I think you know it's kind of easy to notice what they're going to do, and it, usually they're not that obvious. But this year, they seem to be extremely obvious with well, what yeah, they're trying to do. If LeGarrette like, Blount's back there, they're running the ball. If Deion Lewis is back there, they're going to pass. See, I agree with that statement in terms of their defense. Yeah, their, defense. Their That's defense, what I'm talking about. Their defense okay. is extremely predictable. Yes. Even when they had Jamie Collins, they weren't rushing. They're dropping guys back into zone coverage, and they're just trying not to allow the big play. That's the Patriots' defensive scheme. Now you don't have talent on this roster, and you know what? We've we've got to look at Bill Belichick's decision-making over the course of the past year and say, hey, guess what? You know Rob Gronkowski is a big hit away from being injured and possibly out for the year. That has now happened, and you don't have another way to win because you don't have a defense that can shut down other teams. At least if you had Chandler Jones and Jamie Collins still on this team, you could look at the loss of Rob Gronkowski and say, well, the offense doesn't have to win every game for this team. The offense still has to win every game, and now they have to do it without Rob Gronkowski because this defense isn't good enough. I know that they give up the third fewest points in the league, but again against the one good quarterback they've played this year, they got torched for 31 points. Russell Wilson had three touchdown passes. He was hitting his deep throws against a good quarterback, against a smart coach, against any team with any talent on offense. This defense is going to look bad. It's not going to work the bend-don't-break style against talented teams. It already hasn't it's played out because, the again, the one good team the Patriots have had to go against this year beat them because of the bad defense. It wasn't that they, they didn't put up enough points because 24, I think, for this Patriots team should be enough to beat a subpar opponent yeah, not bad. on any given night. Right. But if you're talking about an elite team in this league, you're going to get scored on by good quarterbacks with good wide receivers and good coaching. And I'm talking about playoff teams here, which is really – all that matters when it comes to the New England Patriots. They're going to be in the postseason. What do they do when they finally get there and they face real opponents? What's going to happen then? Well, let's see what they're made of down the stretch. Guys, we're going to be talking about the MLB agreeing upon a new CBA. Uh, let's discuss that next after the break. You're listening to ESPN New Hampshire Radio. 1250 ESPN New Hampshire. Manchester's local ESPN. 
The Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy, weekdays from 3 to 6 on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. Can we come up with something original when, when the Bruins struggle, other than fire Claude Julian? You have one of the worst assembled blue lines in the history of the organization. It's up there. <laughs> yeah, it's up there. The man who you think you should be depending on to carry the load is 39, and his legs are giving out on him, and he skates like he's in molasses. The Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy, weekdays from 3 to 6 on ESPN New Hampshire Radio, and streaming live on ESPNNHradio.com. We all have our mountains, the challenges that push us further. At Coors Light, our mountain is brewing the world's most refreshing beer. That's why all of our breweries cold lager, to give Coors Light its signature crisp taste. It's why we cold filter to ensure brilliance and clarity. And it's why we package cold to seal in Coors Light's refreshing flavor. Because we believe every climb deserves a refreshing finish. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Great beer, great responsibility. Every day, the men and women of the United States Marine Corps demonstrate their commitment to defend the American way of life. Since 1775, we have served our nation as a force in readiness. From combat operations to humanitarian assistance in every corner of the world. No matter where the mission takes us today, or wherever our country needs us tomorrow, we always remember the land we call home. As Marines, we take a stand for each other, for our nation, for us all, the few, the proud, the Marines. Hi, I'm Johnny Erickson Tata, and I will never forget meeting Alyssa, who suffered from hyperacusis. Alyssa virtually lived in her dark bedroom, and when I spoke with her, I had to do so in a gentle whisper. What is hyperacusis? Well, imagine being at a movie where the soundtrack is turned way, way up. After five minutes, you just have to leave holding your ears. Things like turning newspaper pages, running water, your child placing dishes on the table, all are intolerable to someone like Alyssa. Hyperacusis is a strange condition, but even people who suffer from serious migraines experience it. Now, you may not know someone like Alyssa, but her story underscores that all of us are being constantly bombarded with noise. So friend, take the earplugs out and turn down the volume. And when you have a chance, visit disabilitycampaign.org to learn more about hyperacusis and other disabilities. Scores, standings, trades, and breaking news. This is your ESPN New Hampshire update. Al Horford and the Celtics beat the Sacramento Kings last night at TD Garden, 97-92. According to Basketball Reference, Horford made a little bit of history last night, becoming the first NBA player to tally at least 26 points, four three-pointers, six blocks, and two steals in a single game. DeMarcus Cousins racked up 28 points and nine boards in the loss. The Celtics don't need him on their team, though. The Green are right back at it tonight. They travel to Philly to play the 76ers. Tip-off is at 7.30. The Bruins are in Buffalo today following a 2-1 shootout victory against the Hurricanes on Thursday night. That win's significant because it was the first victory by a Bruins goalie not named Tuka Rask. Speaking of Tuka, he should be in the net today, taking on Jack Eichel and the Sabres' puck drops. At 1 o'clock, Patriots tight end Rob Gronkowski underwent successful back surgery to repair a herniated disc yesterday. Nine players listed as questionable for New England. Martellus Bennett 
Tom Brady, Julian Edelman, Chris Hogan among them. Tavon Austin is doubtful for Los Angeles. Kickoff from Gillette Stadium between the Patriots and the Rams is at 1 o'clock. This Sports Center update is brought to you by Hammond Electric, powering your productivity. Visit HammondElectric.com. I'm David Pollard. Don't go anywhere. The Sports Blast continues live from the ESPN New Hampshire studio in Nashua right now. Ashish Sharma, Brian Roach, Dave Pollard, and Mark Lazell. David Price's tweets are frustrating. There's no baseball in Hawaii, guys. That's where I am right now with my cute dog, Astro. Honolulu. The Sports Blast, every Saturday from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. So, guys, the MLB has decided to... um, agree upon a new cba um 20 i think it's 27 straight years that they haven't had any work stoppage yeah it's about time um that they actually got rid of the all-star game and and, and determines the home field advantage in the world series okay they're, they're so, also increasing luxury tax threshold over the next five years yep they, uh, don't you think that at some point baseball owners are just going to go like bankrupt because they can't? <laughs> uh, they can't. There's no limit. There's no limit on how much. Well, they no, can spend. because they yeah. make so much money. They, make they so just much. raise the ticket prices. But they raise the beer prices. There goes the but economy, isn't, but isn't Brian. That, <laughs> isn't that insane? Like that, it, it, you know, having a cap on it at least sort of makes it more competitive across the league. Kansas City won a couple years ago. It's competitive. It's sort of competitive, but you know, the big market teams have the ultimate advantage of being able to spend. No, because you that spend that money, money and you're stupid with it. I, I, I AKA th- the Red Sox signing Carl Crawford. If you several are years a, if you are a small market franchise in the MLB, you have to pull off some uh, some business magic in order to win a World Series. Now, I mean, we saw a team in Cleveland go ahead and do it. They have terrible, porous attendance throughout the course of their year. They had like the third worst attendance this year, then they go all the way to the World Series. A team like Cleveland has to construct a roster based on the fact that they cannot even come close to that luxury the tax threshold. Right. That's why they're eventually going to lose Kluber and right. a bunch of their guys. Right. So all the, all the talent can always go to the big market teams who can just spend way past the luxury tax threshold. I, I just I just don't understand, you know, how the, the salaries can keep going up and we can keep seeing ticket prices go up and how everyone's just going to be totally cool with that. At some point, I got to think that you hit a threshold where it's like, whoa, we, we can't even uh, keep upping the price here we can't keep spending money we can't keep giving more money to players because we can't keep charging our fans more to go to games yes, but but dave when, when we turn 40 years old 13 15 years down the road you're gonna see a player getting a billion dollar contract and that, that's we're, gonna happen we're, seriously no, we're already gonna see that as soon as um price harper's no available. we'll no, say 700 he'll get, he'll get like he'll get yeah. probably more than half a billion dollars <laughs> half a Billion to play baseball. The Yankees it's are not even the most physically. Uh, it's not even the most physically difficult sport to play, no. and yet these guys get more money than any other athlete on the planet. It's not even the most popular sport. You know, they chose the right sport. It's, it's also because they play That's 162 sure. a year. What does that have to do with it? That's like, tw- uh, like uh, I don't even know how many times. Dave, we're, we're, well, it's hold like on ten a minute. times on, the amount of football. Because this is like one of the most uh, uh, underrated things of all time when it comes to baseball. You play 162 games, okay? I get it. That's a lot of games, but your season is just as is just as long as a basketball or hockey season. 
All right, football's shorter, but it's not as if basketball and hockey players aren't, aren't working every day during the season. They're still working. There's still practice in between games. There's half the amount of games, but you're still working. It's not as much as a, a mental grind. As it's baseball. a it's a more physical grind. You Me- don't have, mental you, mental grind. Could you imagine? Hey, you're could, you, hold on a minute. could you imagine Prince Fielder on skates? No, <laughs> but that's because he's a fat ass. He bre- he, he's he would not break in shape. Skates. He's not in shape. He's not a physically fit specimen. You think Only Chara? baseball could cater you, to you, a guy you like Zidane Prince Fielder. Chara is physically fit right now? Totally. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. Uh, he Dude, is so slow right Zidane now. Zidane Chara, for all its worth, is a physical freak of nature. You, is. Uh, that guy is, tall, is the strong. hardest worker in the locker room. Everyone talks about it. But don't you it think it's time for him to year. retire? Don't you think it's time for him to retire? Sure, he's getting old. He's getting old. That's why the wear and tear is there. It's not because the guy doesn't work hard. I'm not talking about wear hard. and tear. I'm talking about how slow he is. I will guarantee you 1,000% that, I Z- could beat that him on Zidane ice skates, Chara, and I can't even ice skate. That Zidane Chara works harder to be fit than any freaking baseball player in the league today. I don't think any baseball I player. I guarantee yeah. it. Here's the problem I with this argument, that. Dave. I don't think it's the problem with this player. I love hockey and he loves baseball. Exactly right. <laughs> so you two cut it out, all right? Okay, so Mike Trout. I think Mike Trout works harder than My original than problem Giovanni is Chara. at some point, baseball is going to become this like luxury sport that only the wealthy can really enjoy because you're going to have player salaries Flying through the roof, you're gonna you're gonna be paying a guy like Bryce Harper close to a billion dollar, something like a twelve year billion dollar contract, where he's making forty million dollars a year. The luxury tax is gonna keep going up. The salaries are gonna keep going up, and ticket prices are gonna keep going up. Meanwhile, everyday citizens aren't dealing with the same money increases that the MLB is dealing with. There's more money being poured into baseball. Yeah, it's but not Dave. as if. People around uh, the country are getting more money poured into their pockets to be able to afford these tickets. At some point, at some point, the ticket prices are going to have to hit a peak, which means that the salaries are going to have to hit a peak, and the luxury tax threshold is going to have to hit a peak. But Dave, if it's not broke, they're not going to fix it, right. and that, that's the no, problem. They're, they're going to get too greedy. Well, and yeah, but you have to just bl- like the NFL. But you still have to blame the public for watching the games, going to the games, paying for those tickets. Okay, well, uh, do they really? Like baseball doesn't have the ratings that it used to have. Even though this year there, were, it, this year's an outlier because in the postseason you had two teams that hadn't won it, and and what a combined hundred and eighty years or something like that. And that's bad for baseball, according to Brian. And bad for sports. It's bad that you don't have the Cubs now. Yeah. The, the yeah. Cubs winning a it World is, Series now means next year yep. when they're on a playoff push, people aren't going to care as you, much. Not not as much. Exactly. People will not care as much next year about whoever's in the World Series. And, and guys, uh, a, a Cubs member. As we all know, John Lester was disappointed about the new CBA not changing the rule about pitchers throwing to first base, okay? He tweeted this, uh, while my efforts to eliminate pitchers from having to throw to first base didn't pass, I'm proud of the PA and owners for coming together on a new CBA. We all know that's a sarcastic <laughs> tweet. Yeah, I, gotta, I, gotta, I was just going to say, I got to wonder if that's just sarcasm <laughs> because he can't throw to first base. Imagine if that was Every other pitcher can do it. I love he it. just can't. Imagine if that was like illegalized, like... Just uh, not well, how would you even base. make it illegal? Like, right, if you throw to first you base, just can't the guy throw to first. The, the guy can steal whenever he wants. The guy yeah, automatically gets second if you'd you throw have, to first. You'd have to go to little league rules where the guy can't <laughs> step off first base before right. it, it has to be like you have to wait for the pitcher to no throw lead, the ball. No lead. No lead allowed. <laughs> or or the the ball has to reach the catcher before you can steal. Um, but, th- that's a classy move right there. But let's talk about the big. 
uh, change with the CBA this year in that the All-Star game now doesn't mean anything as an exhibition game should. Good. Right. Now no one Actually, will watch it. Actually, you know it. what? Good and bad because no good now yeah, no but, yeah, now but, no one will try and no one will want yeah exactly no one will try and, and that's why it's just good to get rid of the All Star game in general because nobody well, really you cares don't get rid of, who cares about the NHL NBA All Star game and and who the hell cares about the Pro Bowl tell me that like, Pro Bowl's who, the worst of the nobody bunch. cares about the Pro Bowl but the NFL is fine well they have quarterbacks kicking the ball I I, I remember I think Drew Brees had like an extra point try yeah a few no years ago. nobody saw that no one saw it no one knew yeah. about it. No I one did. cared about it after it, it happened. I, I, I didn't laugh at it, it because it's a joke. <laughs> right. Brian, the Pro Bowl is a joke. Brian and Dave, I, I think that the NF, I mean the MLB should take um, a little page out of the book of the NFL, the way that they design their Pro Bowl. Maybe do like a, a fantasy draft where you have former players really be the team captains, like say Roger Clemens versus Mark McGuire or you know something right? of that nature. Yeah. And you could just go at it and you could select any players within the league and just make a team. I think that would be a great idea. The NHL used to do that where they'd pick a team captain from uh, from either side when it was the Eastern Conference versus the Western Conference. Yeah, Joe Thornton was probably twice. Uh, I, I think he was a captain at one point, but yeah. what they used, what they did in uh, years past was they would select team captains, and then those two captains would have a sort of pick them, like a draft, yep. where they'd alternate choosing who they want on their teams. The NBA does currently, correct? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I don't believe so. But, uh, you know, and the NHL and the NBA have sort of figured out the All-Star week, their weekend, because yeah. they have the skills competition, which is nice, and I know baseball's got the home run derby. That's fun. But, I, I, I mean, it's just the entertainment of those two sports. You know, the the NBA All-Star Weekend is probably, Sorry, for me, it's the best what one. What I meant was the Pro Bowl does the, the does Pro Bowl draft. Does. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, again, no one knows about it. <laughs> no one cares about it. So, uh, And that's just the Pro Bowl. Yeah. It's the worst All-Star game. And it's, it's partially because it doesn't happen in the middle of the year. It happens in that dead zone week between, uh, you know, the, the title games and the Super Bowl. It's stupid. No one cares about the Pro Bowl. So if, if you're looking to make it so that the All-Star game means something and you want people to watch it, it's good, nearly good impossible. Luck. You yeah. just have to you have to change everything about the game. The NBA, they don't play defense in their All-Star game. All right? So you just got a, a scoring marathon, basically, in every NBA All-Star game. I love what hockey's done because they've completely threw the game format out the window. They said, you know what? Five on five, three periods, east versus west. It's it's a it's a hockey game. So instead, what we're gonna do is have mini three on three tournaments at twenty minutes a pop, and and you have uh, a certain team captain select their guys, yep. and you have other team captains selecting their guys, and you've got a nice little. Uh, four division three on three tourney going. Yeah, That's cool. It's really cool because the three on three is wide open and it, and it's totally different from what you'd see in any uh, in any normal hockey game. Yeah, so maybe the MLB should take a page out of the Pro Bowl, out of the NHL and NBA All Star Weekend, where they do multiple events. Maybe it's not just home run derby. Maybe sure. maybe they have a race around the bases. Who can sprint around the bases the fastest, or you know who they can have some sort. I mean, they have the derby, you know. So yeah. I guess like that's a skills competition. But it's only itself. one event. You, you can have more events in a skills See which competition. Which pitcher can throw baseball. the best to first base? 
Right. Yeah, John Lester wouldn't make that. Uh, uh, it, hey, he could. He could throw his whole glove like he always does. Uh, yeah, right. He could underhand it gently to make sure that he throws it accurately and doesn't sail one over the first baseman's head. Either way, uh, the, the MLB finally deciding that this exhibition game does not decide who gets home field advantage in the World Series. Great decision by the MLB, despite the fact that fewer people are going to care about the outcome of that game. Great decision. The Celtics look at a shaky start thus far in the 2016-17 season at 11-8. We will discuss our thoughts next here on ESPN New Hampshire.